Media Consumers, I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm David Shoemaker. We're the hosts of The Ringer's Press Box Podcast. Twice a week, we have a free-flowing conversation where two old, old friends talk about media and sports and a little politics. Plus interviews with guests like John Krakauer and Jamel Hill. Funny stuff like the overworked Twitter joke of the week. Join us every Monday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's right. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Bobbin, real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell. Happy, ho- happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Happy Kwanzaa. What's up, Raja? How you doing? Hey, I'm I am living, bro. Blessed. Happy. Everything is right. We're in yes. a new year, dog. I started my workouts again. I'm on these oh. streets. I'm beating oh. the pavement up. I'm in the weight room. Mm. Get your weight up. You finna be looking like 50 cent by uh by February. <laughs> you about to have you gonna be able to get rich or die trying. You gonna have a chain spinning. No, that's my goal. My New Year's resolution is to get back into my medium like polos during like youth basketball season and not have to like suck my belly in, bro. Oh, you gonna be one of them, huh? Yeah, you got, you got that's the, where I'm the at. medium polos. You about I'm to be, telling what are, you, I'm, the little the little Wayne polos. You about if to I have consider one of myself a real one. I got to keep it real, dog. That's what I'm trying okay. to do, right? Like I want right. to not have the pipe cleaner arms, and I don't want to have to suck my belly in. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, I just I just want to, you know, I just want to be able to run a mile without being tired. You know, that's all hey, we're doing. That's, that's a great. At. That's where I started on. That's where I started on Sunday, Holmes. I went out. I'm like, I'm going to get these three, right? Because three is my standard. Like when I'm in shape, like three is my short run. I'm like, I'm going to get these three. I'm going to knock this shit out, get back to the crib, start my Sunday on a good note. I got three laps around. I said, no, we're going to get one today, baby. We got to start slow, man. (laughs) Was you getting getting the cramps in the the, the, ooh Was you getting a little? (laughs) Hip flexors, feet, everything. I said, no, we're going to shut this down. Bro, I remember one of my uh, OGs. I remember I knew he was wise. This is my pops actually. When I, I remember we was we was throwing football or footballs uh, at, at Lakeside Park in, in Oakland, and um, I threw the. He went out for a route. He might have been like forty years old. He went out for a route. I threw the ball. He just gave up on it and stretched mm. and just stopped and stretched. Like mm. the ball was still in the air. Mm-hmm. He stopped and stretched. Mm-hmm. It stretched oh, his, his, his his hamstring. The ball is the ball is at like peak flight. 
And he's like, nah, nah I'm not See, even doing that. You're still at an that. age. You're still at an age where you can't relate to that, right? Like, no, I can't. Relate. I am fully at an age where, like, yeah, that. If you, I mean, you've made that assessment in a split second. There's no way I can get to that, and I feel a twinge. Shut it down immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an incredible foresight. And speaking of incredible foresight, Yo, Roger Pell, professionally there, done. We out here, John Morant, MVP candidate. Put some respect on his name. But you know who had the foresight to tell you guys that? You know who, had, who who knew this way back? You know whose ears and eyes and heart was tapped to the streets? Raja Bell. Raja. John Morant out here balling. In the month of January, small sample size, 31 points a game, uh, seven assists. But before that, goes ahead and beats the Lakers, has 41 against them. Um, goes into Phoenix. Phoenix, your old hood. Gets 33 in a win over the over over arguably, you know, right now you could say the best team in the Western Conference. And um, you know, John is an is an MVP candidate right now. And the floor is yours. The floor is yours, Roger. Go ahead. I, I, just gloat, stick your chest out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show the I'm pipe not, cleaner arms. What, what we just, got here? There they go. Um, <laughs> I would just like to say, uh, I I I was lightweight making a joke and a little hashtag like, you know, what was it? John Morant's signature shoe and stuff like that. I really believe that. I really believe if they're not shoe companies, if they didn't have the foresight um, to be knocking at this man's door last year on the on the tail end of the season and say, hey, man, this is electrifying the way he plays. Um, this this is the type of player that speaks to to like young young basketball players, right? His style, the way he gets after it. If they weren't already knocking on his door, then shame on them. Like, I hope it's a situation where Josh just like, nah, I'm betting on myself for a little while longer and I'm going to pick between the best offer because he should have one. He shouldn't be out there rocking nobody else's shoe. Dude is a pro- dude is a, a problem. And like, I can talk about his pace of play, which is which is phenomenal for a guy who's as electrifyingly quick um, and as explosive as he is. Uh, D-Rose-ish in his prime in terms of the way they just have this twitch about them. But yeah. The beauty of his game is, you know, D Rose always played kind of fast. John yeah. Morant plays with like a, a a real change of pace. Like he can be really under control and really savvy and really, uh, you know, intentional. And then boom, he's gone. And like that's really hard to guard as a former defender. Uh, you know, guys playing fast or slow, you get a beat on it. Guys changing that up all the time is incredible. But I could talk about that. Um, I could talk about his his improvements in other areas. But what I love about him the most is is he's coming at you. Like, he is not backing down from anybody, any challenge. He will come into your house and beat you. And he believes it, and he's going for your throat. And that's that's the element of a star that speaks to me. That's what I saw when I looked at Allen Iverson. Yeah, you know that's what I saw when I when I looked into Steve Nash's eyes. That that's what I saw when I looked into Nick Van Exel's eyes. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when I that's what Kobe looked at me like. Like, bro, you better strap up because this is this is all night. And John Moran is built from that kind of stuff. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, like the list goes on. But again, understand the list I'm putting him in right now. Yeah, that's that yeah. is a that is a select list. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that you're. Uh... One thing that you really just said that kind of caught my eye, you brought up D. Rose, um, and you also brought up Allen Iverson. Um, 
two really, really athletic dudes. I don't think I- Iverson gets enough credit for how athletic he was. He played like 17 different sports in high school and all at a high level, right? Yeah. Um, and Derrick Rose, we already know how uh, athletic he was. I also put another name in there, Russell Westbrook. Absolutely. I think, I think that John ja Morant is the um, the next the evolution of the super, super supremely athletic lead guard. And what I mean by that is a guy that is super fast, super quick, but also slow at the same time, Raja, if that makes sense. Um, that is that where he sees the game slow. Now, the biggest thing that like biggest thing we both talk about Russ, and I think you could agree with this. We love how hard Russell plays, but I think sometimes we would think like, hey, Russ, just slow down. You could see that pass and you can make that pass if you just slow down a little bit. Where mm-hmm. you could actually make that shot if you if you weren't if you weren't thinking about seventeen different things at one time. I think Ja and um, you know I was I had the pleasure of seeing Ja uh, up in San Francisco for the playing game where he came into San Francisco mano a mano against Steph and beat him straight up just beat him. There's there's no other way we could say that right. And my question to you is when you look at the young guys. Uh, I think right now the leader of the pack are the young guys, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about necessarily uh, you know every single young guy, but the guy when we think about the nug crop, who do we think about? We think about Trey Young, and we think about Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. At this very moment, right now, this very moment, I'm looking at you dead in the face right now. I'm looking at you. Is job better than both of them right now? Man, you put I'm putting me on you the on spot. the spot. I'll put you on the spot, mm-hmm. Playboy. Play. No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. Not okay. better than both of them, but he okay. is in that conversation. That conversation should not be had and and had with Trey with with John Moran excluded. It should Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and John Moran. That's that's the way he's playing. That's the impact that he has on the game. That's the way he orchestrates scores. And I would I would say of the three, when you talk about upside and room still to grow. I think he might have more because there's a higher ceiling is what you're saying. Well, well, yeah, because they came in, Luca came in as a pro already, right? You could see it. He hit the bricks. It was, it was, oh yeah, that, that works. Like, yes, he's going to do it. It's not taking anything away from Luca or Trey. Like Trey isn't as physical as, as, as Josh. Josh just starting to shoot the ball. I mean, he's shooting 40% this year, but he's just, he's just really tapping in to, that part of his game. Once he becomes the type of guy, if he, you know, I, I believe he will because he has this tireless work ethic, but once he becomes the type of dude who who isn't measuring his threes all the time, but he feels real comfortable just, you know, kind of, yeah, I'm this is what I'm doing. I'm pulling this. And he looks like he's already kind of getting there. I mean, again, as a defender, I I have to try to I have to try to to focus on like one thing and taking that away from you. And then hoping that that other thing in your repertoire isn't as good. So my chances are now better. Percentage chances flip in my favor. So with Ja early in his career, I'm catching you at the rim. When I played LeBron, right, early in his career, I'm going to I'm gonna concede a few jump shots to mm-hmm. catch you at the rim. Even if you're pump faking me, I'm not coming up. I'm not coming up because I know you don't want to shoot it. And if you do, my percentages are, are, are better if you do that, right? And so yeah. I've, I've now... I've now gotten rid of one component of your game and I can focus on catching you like as you start to go by me right it makes my job that much easier when John Morant and he's starting to get to this point again becomes a dude where you wouldn't dare leave him out there 
with all of the explosiveness that he has, he's virtually unguardable, bro. And so I would say he's his upside. I think he may have more upside. Okay. Now, Raja, you don't, you don't give compliments like that much. You don't, that's not something you do. Right. I mean, we, we both know this. When did you, and I know also you're an NBA player and I know how NBA players, you got, you motherfuckers are show me. I don't care what you talk about. I don't care who you, what you think. Show me. When did, when did Josh show you? What game did he show you? When did he show you that he needs to be that dude? Cause you were early on this. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Jaden Carey credit. Jaden Carey is one of my son Ty's best friends, right? Like we'll be in the car taking each other to like, or, you know, his mom takes Ty to football. I'll take Jaden to football. Like we got, you know, we just do for each other and stuff like Jaden Carey is a huge John Morant fan. So Jaden Carey was in the back of my car last year talking about John Morant. I I know John Morant's good, but I, I I didn't watch him, watch him, watch him, you know, like I would tune in for a minute but but then I started watching John Morant games, right? And you talk about the play-in last year when he went to Golden State and they they whooped. You know, Steph was under man. Like, the, the Golden, Golden State wasn't, you sure. Know, you know, you see what they're doing this year. But the point was, I liked what I saw in his eyes. And I started I started dialing in. And so I watched him early this year, and I knew. I don't know, there were, I don't remember, there wasn't a, a, a game or a moment. But I watched him and I said, no, okay, this dude is... You know, I try and to put myself not, in people's like, shoes. Yeah. Can I guard yeah. him? What would I do? How could how would I like tell my coach I wanted to try to handle this problem? How like, would you guard we, him? What would you do? Like, just let me let me like what know. would you do? I don't know. Oh. Oh. I'd probably I'd probably still give him I'd give him I mean I'd I'd give him jump shots. I mean you ain't no sucker, so like you would you ain't gonna like just concede that she can't I'm just asking, like, what would you try to do? What would you try to do with him? No, I mean I, I haven't been broken down a tape to to tell you okay. like push him left 90% of the I I can't I haven't done that, but I mean off the top. I would I would try to keep him perimeter oriented and off the free throw line out of my paint. And so, you know, the scary part of that is a guy shoots 40%. If he's on that night, you're going to get torched anyway. And he's going to shoot. He has so much confidence when he plays. I love that about him too. Even if he's down, like he's one of those guys, if he's six of something, you still might want to go out there and, 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 and contest that three real quick just because he's going to yeah. pop that. Like he's going to shoot. He doesn't care. He he falls into a category like Tony Parker. Like I didn't guard Tony Parker a lot. Tony Parker was just too quick for me, and I was just not long enough to be able to use length against him. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, sure. He just was a step too quick. But if I was six seven with the longer wingspan, I could have countered it with my with my size. And John Moran falls into that category. He's just too it's too fleet of foot. Like I, I wouldn't be able to stay in front of him, so I'd have to space him. Also, when he let's let's not. Let's not uh, uh, forget. He put up a great showing up against Utah last year in the uh, in the postseason. You know that dude is Memphis. They're not there yet. That's but there it was. That was that it. was it was it was the yeah. Utah no, series, right? It was Utah. Utah's when I started to really yeah. That's it. Because he did it in the playoffs. It's one thing to do it. You had one game against Steph. I bet I right, cool. But you went and played consistently great against uh, against the Jazz. But we'll see, man. Like they're fourth in the Western Conference right now. They're still not there yet. I don't think they're among the elite. They're not going to do too much in the postseason this year. I don't think maybe second second round, I think, is a good good measuring stick. Also, shout out to Memphis. Love Memphis. Got a lot of love for Memphis, man. All that barbecue over there, man. All the homies. Um, but to bring it back to your to your overall point, which is John Morant needs a signature shoe. Listen, man, he's at the swoosh right now. He's at the swoosh right now. And and listen, Kevin 
getting a little old, getting a little long in the tooth, right? Giannis, while a global superstar, you want somebody that is that you want a homegrown dude, right? And then also, mm-hmm. they got Kyrie on the roster. Kyrie's been on record saying he don't like his shoes. So, listen, there's a new guy to bring into the Nike. Fa- I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay, I don't even need a finder's fee to get at Taraja. It's all good. Um, but listen, would you would you would you get would you get the John Morant shoes since you're talking all this jazz? If they if they sent you the little care package, yeah, I would I would get a John Morant drop, no question, absolutely. Okay. I wait I wait on sneakers app to try to get them. Mm. But, but, but Nike make them sexy, low profile, yeah, uh, you know, slim slim sole, like nothing clunky. They they do a light, good job, light but shoe. like light yeah, shoe. almost almost Kobe five ish with like kind of the running running shoe appeal. Like keep that thing yeah. low and. And and uh and perimeter oriented. I there's room in the market, man. I don't I don't work for Nike. I don't know who's running it. My man Nico moved on to greener pastures. But come on, baby, like yeah. don't be late to this one. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. You also want to talk about Chicago Bulls. Yes, man. Are you going to put some respect? Everybody listen to this. Look, he's looking at me dead in the face right I'm, now. He's yeah. looking at me dead in the face. We're going to put some respect on the Bulls name. <laughs> okay. We're going to put right. some respect. All right. Those, they're, they're, they're a problem. My only concern with them is that they're playing really well too early. Mm, I see. That's a great point. I had another point to that, but I wanted to get on this point of them being good too early because we forget about the the uh, the fact that how much energy it takes, especially when you're a new good team, right? Like, I'm not tripping on the Phoenix Suns or the Warriors going out and, like, winning really good games because they they have enough veterans on a team where they can pace themselves. You know, there's going to be a lull, but they'll come back. Now, when you're a new team together and you have, have – have, I know there are a lot of veterans on a team, but when you're a new team in your first year together, you want to show everybody how good you are. So that's a lot of energy being spent, right. you know, especially – and so – but you you think that that is why is that your concern? Well, my, my concern is just you know again you you, you have to sustain it. Um, every team has ups and downs in the season, right? Even the great ones they fall into these little lulls of of the season, um, and you just don't want that lull to hit you at the wrong time. And I don't think they're the type of team like Brooklyn has this greater margin for error when Kyrie is involved. You know, when you bring Clay back to Golden State, as you introduce more stars, you have a greater margin for error. So if you hit a lull and you're not playing at peak performance, somebody can have this, you know, offensive output of a night that just overcomes all of that. And 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 as great as Chicago is, and I've said I think their big three is 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 really really good, but I don't think they have the same margin for error. So I need them playing their best basketball going into the playoffs. If they were doing that. I would tell you that they could beat anybody in the Eastern Conference if they were playing their uh, best basketball. 
best I'm basketball. A, I don't know, Ra. Ra. No, I know, and that's I might fair. Have to borrow a quote from the OGs. Go ahead. You might, you you out your rabbit ass mind if you think they're gonna go up and beat uh, Milwaukee. Why? I don't believe. I don't. My thing is this, and I know I got love for Chicago. I got all that love for. I, I also you'll you'll notice your, your stands. Uh, the Raja the Raja uh, the Raja Navy is out here in full force. They was hitting me in my mentions. When are you gonna talk about the Chicago Bulls? When are you gonna when they gonna get? When are you gonna put some respect on the Chicago Bulls name? I got a lot of respect and love for the Chicago Bulls as a staff, record label, and a motherfucking crew. Okay. Yep. What I don't think, and this is what we talked about pre-pod, uh, Ra, which is I don't, I think that they're a really good team. My thing is, I don't know if their ceiling is that high when you talk about the and, and talk about being in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, when you talk about a Brooklyn, when you talk about a Milwaukee, when you like I think they're in that second tier below. Is that I, I, am I wrong on that? Um, I. You think that they can beat you could them, Raw? No, you could make a case that they are. And the case would be, you know, um, they haven't proven to you yet over the course of a season or with playoff wins that they're capable of doing it. And I, and yeah. I couldn't really argue that. Like last year, Brooklyn and Milwaukee did enough to make you feel like Milwaukee, uh, Chicago. Chicago is, but you got you to you look at it, though. You got to watch them play. They're, now they're, the star power is definitely in their favor, and if I'm being a, if I'm keeping it a buck, I I defer to star power a lot. Like I would tell yeah. you in a seven game series, I'm going with the team that has the most stars. So I would tend to agree with you that they would lose to one of those teams in in a seven game series. I'm just saying they could, and I wouldn't like that could be a more of a series than you think it would be. Like if you weren't on your A game, they'll fuck around and beat you. Like if you're Milwaukee or or Brooklyn, do you think like like if they if their ceiling maybe is like 2011 Mavs, right? Where, um, you know, we're gonna talk about that uh, the Dirk in a second, but I, I was thinking about the 20, 2011 Mavs, where they're a team that's really good, but they just caught a lot of breaks to get to the finals. You know what I mean? Like where they where they just had a magical run, they got it on at the right time and things like that. Do you think do you think that is their ceiling when you say that they can beat? Because we're talking about a seven game series, Roger. Yeah, um, I would say right now that I would take Brooklyn or Milwaukee. If you made me pick, I would take them over Chicago. Mm-hmm. I will just say again, and this isn't necessarily answering your question, but I would say it again: <laughs> if either one of those two teams came in on some bullshit, lacking, or, or had sustained some injury or 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 less than themselves for one reason or another coming into that series, Chicago can beat them. They can wow. beat them. I mean, okay. Uh let's hold on to that real quick. Let's hold on to that because I do one of the teams that you referenced, Brooklyn, or what we referenced was Brooklyn, right? And they just got Kyrie back. And I do want to get your quick thoughts on that. Um they got Kyrie back. You looked Looked pretty good, especially down yeah. the stretch. He looked pretty good. Um, hit a buzzer beater. Was played some, made some plays down the stretch. But, and I've always, and I thought about this, and this goes into your argument. Say if Kyrie, you know, we don't know what's, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, and you know, we don't want to get into. I don't care about like the COVID stuff and everything like that. But the the facts are the facts that he can't play home games. So, I mean, that could play a role in a Chicago. Net series. If he if he could only play road games, 
Chicago goes up in Brooklyn and steals a road game, then what you got? Then what happens? Correct. Steals a couple road games, right? You steal something, right? Then that's a different thing. That's a that's that's what we're talking about, right? Like okay, yeah, that's what we're in a situation like that, Logan. I believe, you know, Brooklyn being less than whole, Chicago could beat them. Like that's I think that's really fair to Chicago. Man, they're long, they're athletic, they're versatile. Um, offensively, they sh- they shoot the skin out of the ball. They got Demar Derozan. I mean, I would be interested to hear who do you think is the. Give me a list of the top three tough bucket makers in the NBA right now. Tough bucket makers. Um, Steph, obviously, is, I think is sure. number one. Um, when you say, t- I think Jimmy Butler is in that in that thing. Like, I just mean, like, I don't know. I think when when you talk about, hear me out, hear me out, because I, okay. I I know. Um, I always look at when you talk about tough buckets, and I kind of get what you're saying. I think Jimmy and Demar are similar in that way, to where they just real ones, and they just get. They just get buckets. They just get buckets. They just, like, by any means necessary. It's ugly how they get buckets. Um, but when you say, like, tough buck getters, I think I know what you're saying. I'd say Steph. Uh, I don't know if you can call Kevin a tough bucket getter because he makes it look so easy, but he's a tough bucket getter, right? He's a tough bucket getter, yeah. Uh, Braun, tough bucket getter. Um, yeah. He could get his easy shots, but especially right now as he's getting older, he's settling a lot more for jumpers. Um, DeMar is in that top five, though, for sure. Where would you put him? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would, yeah, I would say he's top five for sure. Uh, we could, I could argue back and forth. I, and when I say tough buckets, I, I mean buckets where it looks like the defense did everything right. Yeah, and they're right there, and you're like, damn, hey, that's tough. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's you from would, that, bro. But like, would, I, what tough. I respect about Demar and an A's where we have to, where we just prioritize easy buckets and we shame like sub fifty percent shooters. I love a guy who says, I don't give a fuck. Bring two, three dudes after me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to shoot the fadeaway. I'm going to shoot the Kobe fadeaway. I just respect the energy, bro. I respect it. DeMar DeRozan makes more contested shots, like mid-range, pull-ups, just, I, I mean, it's it's pretty uncanny. I watched our last couple games. Like, he just makes tough buckets. And so... You know, that's one of the components that you need. I talked about their length, their athleticism, their 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 versatility. Like, they're even missing real pieces right now, and they're still grinding, right? You're missing Lonzo. You're missing Caruso. Like, you're still out there getting it in. Um, that Another component in that, when you're talking about playoffs, is a dude that makes tough buckets. Like, that's why, you know, when KD went to Golden State, like, just a dude, give him the ball. He's going to get a bucket. Like, we're not, we don't have to run shit. Give him the ball, and he's going to get a bucket. So, okay, I, Matt Hooper low here. Matt Hooper low, real quick. <laughs> just gonna go make an appearance. In an age where we just want to get like great high scoring games, da 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 da. You know what's great, Raja Bell? Hmm. It's great to see a motherfucker just go on a block and just hit six straight jump shots. Okay, I don't care what you do. Put the hand in my face. Ah, yeah. Give it to me. Ah. Oh, I'm going right there. Ah. Just like I don't care about like I, you know we love like the, a nice little a nice little back cut you know we we love all that stuff but you know what I really love give the ball to Brown on the block you know give a little fadeaway here give me a shoulder here give me a uh, and and one excuse me it slows the game down but damn it that shit is entertaining it's entertaining yes you're watching people because that's individual skill man like yes you're talking about the other way 
is like BBIQ. And there's something there's I guys super love for playing the game that way, too, because that's like you're watching poetry in motion. Like you're just you're listening to an orchestra where all of the instruments are complimentary and it's just beautiful music. It's going off. And then the other one, like you're just watching a solo performance on the on the on the saxophone. Yeah. Like, or the guitar or the drums and somebody is just digging in and you're like, oh, damn, dog, he's. And so when you give a dude on the, you know, on the mid post or the block, uh, you know, the ball and watch what I do with this. Stay with me now. When you give them the ball there and they can just get in their bag like that and they go all beautiful mind on you. Like, yes, that's a beautiful thing. You know who is one of the best to ever do that? Who's that? Dirk fucking Nowitzki, bro. Hold that thought. Hold the thought. Hold the thought. We're not there yet. That was a great transition, but hold on. Hold on. Dirk One second. Nowitzki, we have a whole bro. All right. Go. Go. No, we don't have to go, but I just wanted, was a great to, I wanted to show you we will how. We'll be yes. right back. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, Ra, you referenced someone in our last segment that is one of the greats. He had his jersey retired last night in Dallas. Got a statue. Talk about Dirk Nowitzki. Quick story. Remember when I was a young whippersnapper? Probably had to be like 2010. Um, you know, like t- the Warriors would have these four packs. You know, mm-hmm. when teams have the four packs or like they would market the other team just to get, you know, such and such coming to town. You know, I think it, that year it was the uh, the Warriors were marketing. It was either the Heat, the Lakers pack, and some other stuff, right? Like all the other teams. So, of course, I got the Lakers pack. Went to go see yeah. Kobe. But before I could see Kobe once... I had to see these other slate of games. And in the Kobe pack, the uh, Mavericks came to town. And now, like, I like the Mavericks and stuff, and, like, Dirk was cool, but, like, I was – I think the other game was probably, like, something like – it was, it was like, Cleveland or something. Like, somebody, like, I didn't want to watch. And then it was, like, Mavericks and then the Lakers. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And my dad's a football guy. And so – but he just respects, like, greatness. So he's like, yo, we going to this Dirk game. I'm like, eh, I don't know. He's like – Motherfucker, we going to we going to go see Dirk. Oh uh, yeah, we going to go see Dirk. And I'm like, but like you know, he just like no no no. I went. We were in the nosebleeds at, at the Coliseum. I remember Dirk going to one spot, right on the right on the wing, just right in his little sweet spot, right in the short uh, the short corner post. He just sat up right there, slow as fuck, and he would just throw the ball up at the ceiling. And somehow that shit would go in. He would yeah. just do it every time. And 
every single time. And I was still like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, all right, Pops. Like, you know, it was great. He scored 30, but like, all right. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And then fast forward, he goes into goes into Miami. Cause I was it was early in the season. You know, we didn't think that I think the 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 favorites were like the Lakers and then the Heat to they everybody wanted that to go into the finals. And then Dirk goes on this special run. And then he goes and he plays the Miami Heat. And every single time Dirk got the ball, my pops like, motherfucker, I told you. I told you. We saw it. You seen that. You seen him. You seen that. Right. Dirk. Real one. But I love the fact that he would just stand his ass, especially that at that stage in his career, just stand his ass right there on the short corner. Not give a fuck. Just throw it up. And it would, it would splash every time. Would you what, you play with Dirk? What, what was your experience playing with Dirk? First of all, I love the message there. It's always listen to Pops, or Pops knows best. Off top. Right? Pops knows yep. best, bro. Check. We're going to check this shit out. You're going to appreciate this. Um, shut, shut up. We're going to the arena. I don't care what you say. We're going to go watch this. <laughs> yes. No, this is happening. <laughs> um, Dirk was a great teammate. I have a nickname um, that I earned when I got to Dallas. I went out one night um, with Dirk, Steve Nash, a few other players. Um, and I was drinking something. I think we were at a place called like Mikosino or something like that. And I was drinking something called like Mambo Taxis, I think. And <laughs> I woke up the next morning, didn't know where my car was in the town of Dallas. Like I didn't drive. They couldn't, I didn't, there was no way I could even, right? So like I woke up, but my car had been left somewhere. Um, and Dirk and them had like taken me around all night in this state and looked after me. You know what I mean? But I yeah. earned the nickname Bombed Bell. That was my nickname. So Dirk called me... <laughs> Dirk called me bombed bell like my whole career, bro. <laughs> Dirk called me bombed bell affectionately, affectionately. I like, you know, Dirk, Dirk wasn't interested too. Cause I don't think I ever got into like Dirk's real inner circle, but like I was cool with Dirk, you know, I was good with Dirk, Dirk. And at that time I was just coming from Spain, um, off of guaranteed money more than I would have made in the NBA playing for the Mavericks that year. Because you were going from Philly to overseas, and then that was, was Dallas your time coming back? This was your first chance to get back into the right. league? So I played a month in Spain, and mm -hmm. I didn't love it. And my agent said, hey, well, you could come home on this non-guarantee from the Mavs, though. So if you don't, if they cut, they could cut you anytime before January, whatever. And if they do, this is what you're going to get. It's roughly, you know, a quarter of what you'll make if you stay. And I was like, I, I'm coming home. So, but my mind at that point, it kind of paints the picture where my mind was. I was on my grind. So I would show up, um, you know, weekends at night in the morning, any little time that we had downtime on two a days, I'd be there early to try to get some shots up, just trying to, you know, make sure everyone knew and that I did my part in, in getting my game to a point where I could really be a contributor on that team. Dirk was there. Oh, oh, Dirk was playing like, like. No, Dirk, like, Dirk was there. Dirk, Dirk, Dirk and, was there. Okay. Dirk and Hol, Holger, I think his name was Hol. I, his uh, Dirk, shooting coach. His, his, his shooting, shooting coach, coach, his old, yeah. you know, uh, you know, um, German childhood coach. They'd be in there working on some of the most unorthodox looking, you know, jump shots and shooting routines that I've ever seen. But that was besides the point. Like this cat was about to, was about to, uh not be outworked by anybody in that organization. And including Steve, you, including, including you. me, who was yeah. like playing for my life. And, and, you know, Steve is a tireless worker and, and, you know, Finn, Finn, Mike Finley is a tireless, but Dirk, Dirk was on his grind all the time and in there working in sweatpants rolled up to his, like, to his like mid calf 
And, 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 you know, what I remember about, about Dirk and like AI and people in that category is I remember game plans on opposing teams. I would be on an opposing team from one of those dudes and our entire game plan would be focused around stopping Allen Iverson or focused around, you know, keeping Dirk Nowitzki from making the catch, you know, in the middle free throw line area where you couldn't double him. Like you can't get it there. We have to do everything we can. Here's the strategy that we're going to employ. Yeah. And when you have five guys out there with the focus of not letting you do what you want to do and you still cook them, like that's greatness, bro. What was the uh, what was the first time you got the dark step back, like in your face, where you couldn't do shit about it? What what how did that like? What what is the feeling of that? Because it has to be frustrating, bro. Because at the end of the day, he's seven feet tall. Like, what are you yeah. gonna do to get the ball? How are you, you gonna try to strip him? Like, what do you? What was the first time you were like, okay, this is some? Because it looks like a bullshit shot. I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. When you're guarding somebody, especially at that time in 0405, that looks like some BS. I've told this story before. They go hand in hand. My Steve Nash story and my Dirk Nowitzki story. It was 2002. Okay. okay. Right? I was on Philly. I don't know why I hadn't been exposed to these dudes like that. Right? There wasn't no, there wasn't any league pass or anything like that. So we weren't, you know, you weren't digging into a bunch of West Coast games and you had a game that night. So I just didn't know enough about Dallas. So when we got there and they were like, yo, here's, here's your matchup. And it was, it was Nash. I was like, man, you better get the fuck out. I'm straight. Don't worry about that. We're good. We are good. <laughs> nah, that was my energy, though. That was my energy. I'm not even going to keep it a buck for various reasons. But I looked at that shit like, bro, come on. You got me fucked up. We're straight. Oh, he chopped my ass up. I couldn't do anything with that. And in the midst of that, I caught Dirk on a switch. Oh. Right? In the midst of all of that, this I catch This is the Nelly Dirk. Mavs, right? These the are the, Nelly like, Mavs. the Nelly Mavs. Okay. And it's a great point that you make because Nelly was one of those dudes that if he if he's, you know, he's this offensive mismatch dude. So yep. it's not about his offense. It's about him finding the weak link and the mismatch. And that's what we're doing. He's so petty. He says oh, he's so petty. Yes, he is. Yes, in he a is. good way. I like I like every time I've talked to Nelly, he's been great. I'm just saying, but he's a petty and he's an asshole. No, in the in the in the most like complimentary way you can say that. I yes. love Nelly. 100 um, percent But he caught me in a he caught me in a switch. And there I am on Dirk. And Dirk just started to, you know, abuse me with that, like, uh, uh, one leg, like, let me lean away from you. Like, no, I'm not, I don't have to go by you. And I don't really have to bully you. I could just give you them bigger than you. And so Nelly hit me with that a few times. And that was my introduction to both <laughs> dirty and nasty. At How the do same you not time. strip? Like, I'm asking you as a real person, right? Because the uh, from television, you're seeing a little kid who's like, why can't you just, why can't you strip that? Why can't you strip the ball when he's doing the, because I know you can't block it because he's taller than you. Why does he get it up faster than you think before? Like, how does it work that that Dirk step back and when you're guarding it? Well, because because conventional wisdom is like, yo, you can strip that as soon as he gets the on the catch, like just fast hands. But why can't you guard that specific jump shot? Well, the a lot of a lot of times when where they got too late in the so I so in Phoenix when we played them in that series, I actually guarded Dirk a bit, right, to mm -hmm. give him a change of pace because sometimes big long dudes like that don't like you under their feet. You know, like they're worried yeah. about rolling them ankles. You, they can't really find your body because their body's so much bigger. And what Dirks was great at was his his body. Like he'd give you his body shoulder a few times, and that doesn't necessarily have to knock you back as a defender, right? It just has to stop your momentum from getting forward. And so Dirk would hit you with the body, which keeps you, you know, stationary. And now he's fading away, 
And so you can't get to it because you've effectively caught me, like you've caught me coming forward and hit me with your shoulder. That stands me up. I can't go anywhere. And now you fade back and the ball's up over your head as a seven. I can't get to that. There's no way I can get to that. And so Dirk had me for like the first two or three possessions. We sprang it on him in 06, I think it was. We sprang me on Dirk. We had never really done it. And it was, it, was, it was pretty successful. I got up under his feet. You know, I didn't let him get into that step back. When he had his back to me on the catch, I didn't let him really face up. Yeah. And uh, I had a couple, a couple fruitful possessions. And then like all the greats that have that much of an advantage on you, it was, that was it, bro. He was like, all right, I got that shit figured out. We're good. And then they had to stop doing it. <laughs> what was the big, because you, you brought up a great point here. What was the biggest difference in Dark's game from when, like the 06, right? Where... I think that like I don't know. It's hard to say anecdote because he's such a great player. But yeah. what? The, but the most effective way of guarding him was putting a smaller guy on him. Golden State did that, um, and you know a lot of and and then you see him play uh, against the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know he's playing and he's just balling it. He doesn't care about who's guarding him. Um, what was the biggest difference in his game from when you played him in that way to to here? To, to 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 the uh, to when later in his career when he all the things just came together, I want to I want to be careful about what I say because when I say it, it's going to sound like I'm throwing shade at a young Dirk, and I am doing anything but that. But you can be a young, super skilled, um, top ten in the league type of player, and even be tough and not be as tough as you wind up being. Right. So it's not to say that you weren't tough. You just weren't as tough as you want. Dirk just consistently got tougher. And I don't necessarily mean physically, but like things that would phase him. Like when I played with him, there were dudes that thought this phased Dirk and this was the recipe and this is how we can get after him. Now, you couldn't do anything with his skill level, really, but like maybe you could get, you know, you could get to bothering him a little bit with Dirk at some point in his career, it went away. It went away. Like none of this phases. I'm, I'm, you know, it's like Jedi shit. Like I don't even see that, you know, yeah. like, and, yeah. and once, once he got to that and it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was at a point in his career way before that, I'm sure. But you weren't, he was unflappable at that point. Like it didn't matter what you did. Yeah. And that's when he turned into this thing where you know, you'd never seen it before. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get to row of the week. I'll go first. Um, see where you got. Dirk is an honorable mention for me, but I got another Rowan of the Week. Mm-hmm. Rowan of the Week for me is none other than Tracks a Million. Everybody in the Bay knows who Tracks a Million is. One of the greatest producers we ever had to come up out of here. Um, unfortunately, passed away from cancer recently. Um, but he made hits like On Cetus, um, Sideshow, which is my favorite. You know, we Tell Me When to Go gets a lot of credit for the biggest hyphy song, Blow the Whistle. My favorite hyphy song is is sideshow with tracks a million um uh mr fab and too short uh you know we know roger's a big fan of too short mm. and um but tracks a million one of the greats a legend in the bay real one of the week for me raja who was your real one of the week um man this is this is a tough week i wanted to go with ben roethlisberger not i'm not a steelers fan um but i did think that was pretty cool man getting that dub on his on his last uh, home game at Heinz Field. I love the scene of him walking out with his family, stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, part of me wanted to go with Mike Tomlin, you mm. know? 
you know, just a G, never had a losing season, no matter what. Not a stain know, on his record, not a stain nah. on Mike Tomlin's record. No matter what cards you deal with, like this is what I'm going to do, man. And doesn't not, does not get enough love uh, for that. But ultimately, I think I'm going to go with A.A. Ron Rogers mm. um, for what, what happened uh, with his MVP, like voting and, and the Chicago journalist that came out and said, you know, he didn't, he wouldn't vote for, he didn't think he was a leader and he thought he was, uh, I think he called him some kind of name. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, Aaron just got up there and called the man a bum. You, I you really appreciated that. You love that. You love what, yes. I loved it. I loved it because you are, you are a bum. And if that's and like, you're a bum for that. Like, it doesn't mean he can't have his opinion. It doesn't. Like, you're a journalist. Like, you're allowed to have your own opinion. But you you, you don't know Aaron by your own admission. You, you don't know him as a dude. So to be spewing who he is as a person to your masses is a little irresponsible. And I like that Aaron called him a bum. So that's my real one of the week. All right, man. But before we get out of here, you know what time it is, Ra? You know what huh. time it is? Huh. It's time to pay the bills. So uh, we got some new shows on online. We got Upside High. With Jay Kyle Mann and Jonathan Sharks. That is on Tuesdays. You guys, make sure you guys check that on the Ringer NBA feed. Tell them the real one sent you, okay? Word. We have the real KOC, Kevin O'Connor. You can find this on the Mismatch feed. It's called The Void. Fall in the Void! Well, make sure you go check out the rest of our Ringer slate. That is The Answer. That is Group Chat. That is Mismatch. And then, you know, make sure you go check out our, some of our favorites. You know, 60 songs is tight. Make sure you also go check out Black Girl Songbook with Who? Roger Bell. Town legend, Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Raja Bell. The Crestside Clown. Vallejo legend CC Sabathia. In the motherfucking house. We will see you guys on Monday. Holler.